Good morning, listeners, and welcome back to the Under the Scope podcast, where we don't talk about Kendrick Lamar until next time. I'm your host, Will Brost, and joining me as always, my good friend Patrick Anderson. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, so uh, a lot of people may have been expecting us to talk about Kendrick this episode, uh, and we will get to that next time. He's getting his own pod. Um, More important than that, though. More important than that, we have three interesting albums to talk about today, or at least three albums of varying interest, some more (laughs) interesting than others. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So we're going to talk about the latest albums from uh, Pusha T, Arcade Fire, and uh, by request, Future. We were going to talk about Jack Harlow. Um, yeah, but... I was going to say, we either, we should preface that Jack <laughs> Harlow was the other option. <laughs> now, I haven't even listened to the Jack Harlow because uh, every literally every opinion I've heard about it was not good. And yeah. even in a year where I'm listening to a different album every day of the year, I still don't have time for Jack Harlow. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you suggested we talk about Future instead. And uh, when we get to Future... We'll see whether or not that was, like, the greatest idea you've ever had or not. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, I am excited to talk about these three albums. Um, where did you want to start? Well, I think that it's only appropriate <laughs> to start off with the one and only future. Let's do it. But let's just uh, let's get to yeah. this. I don't mean to imply how I feel about the album, by the way, uh, with these uh, jokes. I'm just joking around. I'm not necessarily saying this is a bad album. (laughs) I'll say say this. uh, I listened to the Jack Harlow and the Future (laughs) album, like, kind of, like, at the same time. There's about the Jack Harlow. There's a reason why I was like, let's do Future instead. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, that sounds good. Uh, The bar... The only bar has to be better than Jack Harlow. Yeah, exactly. So that's not saying much, but, (laughs) you know. (laughs) So, okay, uh, Future, uh, this new album is titled I Never Liked You, okay? Um, All caps. Future. I never liked you. I never liked you. (laughs) Seems like a Jack Harlow song. I never liked you, Dad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Future. Uh, just a quick intro because Future is a very popular artist. Um, but he is an Atlanta-based rapper who honestly really helped to pioneer this like modern trap mm-hmm. music. Uh, I Never Liked You is Future's ninth studio album, so he's been in the game for a while now. I believe this is the first Future project that we have covered on this podcast. Again, thank you for that. Um, so <laughs> since is, do it. <laughs> since this is our first time talking about future, how do you feel about him? Uh, how do you feel about, I never liked you? Uh, did you ever like it? Um, <laughs> you must've considering you like begged me to, I, I can't pull up the text, you know, cause this is an audio medium, but just the, the lengthy paragraph text right. you had defending like, Oh, I, we need to talk about future. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was uh, sent you a picture of me on my hands and knees, just begging, <laughs> please, oh please. <laughs> it was, it was really very Hendrix, odd. Hendrix needs his flowers. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a very odd decision, but uh, you were so passionate, I couldn't disagree. Um, so yeah, how much did you like this one? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't like it that much. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, I, it was. It, it, it's interesting though. It's interesting mm. enough. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more interesting than the Jack Harlow, and it has enough absolutely just bonkers lines on it <laughs> and uh, some just crazy delivery that I thought it would be fun to talk about. Oh yeah. So it'll and be I think fun. future as a, uh, as a musician and as like a person, I just think is a much more fascinating person too. He's just yeah. so bizarre. Like he's very predictable Mm -hmm. I kind of knew exactly how I was going to feel about this before I even listened to it. Mm -hmm. But I still found myself, like, uh, enjoying it to some extent just because of how bizarre Future really is. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? You can kind of, like, you can kind of see everything on the surface already. But he still manages to kind of capture your attention and your, like, what the hell is going on here? Why am I still <laughs> listening to this? Yeah, it's 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 kind of weird because, uh, you know, this music kind of sounds generic on surface level, and it still is even when you kind of dig down deep. But yeah, Future does kind of have his own uh, style that differentiates him a little bit from um, some of his contemporaries. And it, I know we're we're probably gonna like trounce on this album, but I do want to give Future credit just to start off this discussion Mm -hmm. um he is a legend in hip-hop like whether regardless of like how you feel about his music he is legendary he's incredibly influential um when i think of like modern rap music over the past few years now a lot of that can be traced back directly to future and i think this album can sound generic in part because, you know, I think Future's had more creative output in the past, but also he's sort of the hip-hop equivalent of this, like, Seinfeld isn't funny idea, where he pioneered a sound, and now that that sound absolutely dominates the radio, now his music kind of sounds uninteresting because everybody copied him. Like, he says on puffing on zooties which is just incredible <laughs> he says uh i love that i love that i that's really all i wanted to do this for is because i wanted to get you to say that <laughs> me and my critic voice puffing on zooties um but he has a lyric it's like they're looking the same they're copying my lingo they're biting my chain you know he's not wrong you know regardless of how you feel about this album or any of his albums a lot of people just took his style and ran with it uh so i do want to give future his props um yeah but that doesn't give him a pass on this particular album per se yeah i mean it still comes out to be pretty generic Mm -hmm. like overall but that's a really good point that um the predictability of his music is not that much of a slight against him because he's the one that kind of started it anyway exactly it's one thing for um someone to take future style like future can do his own style over and over and he still kind of gets a slight pass because it was his style he came up with but if some other rapper were to take his style and like designer or something (laughs) i totally forgot about that guy and i think i think he's irrelevant i assume he's irrelevant uh, unless he has like a second life on tiktok that i don't know about but it's he's irrelevant because he bit future so hard (laughs) yeah. <laughs> that people just kind of saw him as a, I don't know, a 15 minutes of fame type of deal. 
yeah 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 that's a that, that's a really good point yeah, yeah. and and that's uh, ultimately like my biggest issue with this record even if there's some fine songs on here you know as i was listening to this i couldn't help but contrast it with uh playboy cardi's whole lot of red right um which we both enjoy and whether again whether you enjoy it or not it's at least attempting a different spin on this like modern trap rap sound. It's yeah. It's not Playboy Cardi totally mailing it in creativity or creatively. Pardon me. Yeah. So that was yeah exactly that was that was my biggest issue with this too was just um, like production wise it still sounds pretty interesting and mm-hmm. I really like Future's voice is just awesome. So all good. The time. He's so cool. Like it sounds yeah. cool. It's <laughs> yeah, great. he is unbelievably cool Mm -hmm. but uh it is like you said pretty much totally phoned in um creatively except for like maybe a couple of tracks here and there but even my favorites like uh keep it burning or like it's hard to pick like holy ghost i guess that's my favorite Uh, one yeah yeah holy ghost um even the even the tracks that i think stand out pretty well are solid enough but they're not like you know amazing or anything exactly Um, and and to that i don't think the worst tracks are like the worst thing i've ever heard either um that's a good point yeah it's not (laughs) the worst part about this album is just the like he has (laughs) we we can get into this now if you want to (laughs) absolutely i know exactly where you're going the freaking lyrics the (laughs) Pee pee poo poo, <laughs> <laughs> fucked her in the butt, <laughs> like putting things in the butt. All all the butt stuff on the album, like it's just so incredible. That's just talked about in such a weirdly juvenile way. <laughs> it used to be a thing in in and still maybe in hip hop where there's lyrics about like. And this sounds obviously totally terrible now, uh, and it did at the time, honestly, but uh, this idea that, like, oh, well, I'm going to turn a gay woman straight because of, like, how good my dick is. There's two lines on here on two different songs where it's, like, the reverse, where it's, like, I have so much money, I can make a straight woman do, you know, gay actions it, yeah. yeah, it's just super weird, and like the fact that he did that twice on this record. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. It, it's some combination of uh, problematic, cringe, and just weird. Mostly weird is like the takeaway I had with that, and also yeah, just but, not delivered well either. So. Uh. Yeah, that's a good. The casualness of it mm-hmm. is very weird. It's like, oh, so you really think this then? <laughs> yeah, like, it's like that's that's you. <laughs> okay, this is not an act. It's like, yeah, I I bet this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the I wrote down some of these. Uh, yeah, like the one you refer- fucked her in the ass made her pee pee, and then in parentheses, woo, like that's the ad lib. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had to ad lib that one. I'm just imagining him in the studio listening back to that and, <laughs> and like purposely ad-libbing it oh and my god <laughs> yeah he has to mix it he has to probably say that at least a few times right like it, they can't just one and done <laughs> like how do you do that how do you how do you <laughs> bunch of yes men in the room being like All yeah right, nice. it has to be yeah. <laughs> not even like 
made her piss or anything. It made her pee pee. Like <laughs> pee pee, yeah. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh my oh god, I just snorted. That was so funny. It's honestly maybe uh so bad that it transcends into oh, yeah. an incredible lyric. <laughs> <laughs> and and like part of Future's like Future's voice is cool and like syrupy and charming, but it's also sometimes difficult to make out what he's saying. So when you hear something like that, one of my thoughts is like, surely I didn't, he didn't just say that. I yeah. would have to look this up. And he did. He did say that. And Young Thug did say, I just put diamonds in her butt. I seen it shining when she nut. Uh, she yeah. just ate cum we in Hong Kong. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> That's just a non sequitur. That's just like one thought, yeah. a complete break, like, and then another we're thought. We're in Hong Kong. Like. <laughs> it's like, I really need this eight cum lyric in here, but I need to like rhyme it with something. <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of rhymed it with we in Hong Kong. That's oh, some like freestyle in the studio. You don't know what, you, what to say, so you just say what you're doing and where you're at. <laughs> And it's weird because, you know, we're talking, we're bashing some of the lyrics on this album. And this album has one Kanye appearance and two Drake appearances. And we haven't even, like, gotten to their lyrics yet. So, oh, gosh. Uh, Speaking of the Drake appearance, uh, kind of incredible that he's on another song called I'm On One. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Super weird. And obviously, I mean, I don't don't know about obviously, but I much prefer the original I'm On One, the, the DJ Khaled uh yeah i i don't think it helped this one that it was like track 15 of 16 and i i was kind of already starting to feel done with this album by then yeah um but i mean just in- incredible stuff lyrically and it, it, it there's a lot of lyrics that are just uh played out punchlines, you know just some like i'm skinny but my pockets are fat you know yeah. that, that kind of stuff like the kind of punchlines you've heard over and over again if you're a fan of hip-hop at all um so there weren't really any lyrics that like creatively stuck out to me either. Um, no. It's mostly bland. It's mostly your kind of typical subject matter that you would expect. Um, and, you know, given that Future's audience is probably like playing this in strip clubs or in the car or whatever, that, you know, whatever. Like, feel free to make this type of music. But Yeah. 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 It's it's very specific to it's, – it's literally – for what Future's doing in the in the album cover. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt like him on that album cover at times, just kind of snoozing my way out. Of, uh, yeah. <laughs> With the matching uh, uh, eye, eye mask. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. It, it, it honestly is. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are some good things about this album. Like I said, uh, there aren't a ton of songs where I'm like, this is... a. This album is rarely offensively bad. It's often just kind of stale or derivative or generic, but not like I'm nothing as bad as like the worst stuff on Chance the Rapper, The Big Day, for example. You know, yeah, yeah. It's just mostly I kind of find myself tuning out at times. Um, Yeah, so I think basically that this one is like um, it doesn't try really hard at all. But that's also part of the appeal of True. it, too, because Future's just so charismatic mm-hmm. and cool, um, and his style is just so interesting, and 
kind of hypnotic that it, it works in some ways. Like this, I, I could see future fans really loving this and uh, I, I probably wouldn't, I mean, I'd be a little bit like, what do you think about <laughs> all the pee pee poo poo stuff? But, um, you know, yeah, other, other than those like insane lyrics, I'm, I'm like, yeah, this is not, not too bad. I'm not going to like go back and listen to this personally, but if you're a future fan, I could see why you'd like it. Yeah. And that's a good point. Like similar rappers, some of his contemporaries have put out very similar albums to this and they don't hold their own as well as future does on this album. You know, he, mm-hmm. he is a veteran. He knows what he's doing. And, um, he, you're right. He's so naturally cool and charismatic without coming off as like super uh, aggressive it's it's a really interesting niche he has where uh, he's yeah. not overly aggressive he doesn't yell his lyrics or anything but yeah i think it's he is a very rare uh personality in the world of hip-hop right now where he can really just come in like with an album or on a verse or whatever and not try at all Mm-hmm. And it still manages to sound pretty cool. Like, I, he, there's not many people that can do that. <laughs> I agree with that. And it's uh, it's partially why he's such a good feature artist on other rap albums. I mean, mm-hmm. at this point, that's one of his bigger legacies more than anything, is just appearing on various rappers' projects on some of their most iconic songs. Obviously, he and Drake have an entire mixtape together. Yeah, um, you know, and he's appeared on whatever rapper is your favorite, you know, popular rapper right now. Chances are, Future's done at least a couple of songs with them. Um, so, uh, honestly, Future deserves like a ton of credit for his career. Um, I'm somewhat a fan of his music. You know, there are plenty of songs I like. I definitely don't use Future as like an example of what's wrong with hip hop or anything. Um, yeah, but I'm also not super crazy about him and. Uh, this album, I think, doesn't really stand out in his discography. Um, I think it's good, like, fan service. I think it's going to play well at the strip clubs, like I mentioned. Um, but I don't think there's, like, something you're getting with this album that you haven't gotten on previous work from him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much in agreement with you on on that. I uh I think that there's, you know, certain moments like Keep It Burning and Holy Ghost that are um interesting and I'd like to see more of those kind of things. But uh you know, I, I, I can do with uh just looking forward to future features on things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Future features in the future. <laughs> future. Uh, <laughs> Very yeah, nice. So, you know, this this one I I could have done with it or without it, but you know, it's not it's not the worst thing. It's not Jack Harlow bad. I, I'll take your word for that, and I will forever take your word for that. Um shit, I'll probably end up listening to that album at some Here point. is a an interesting possibly interesting um comparison that okay. if, if we have a quick a Absolutely. Bit of time. Yeah. Um that I want to run by you that I just thought of. Do you think future is a modern day Snoop Dogg. Ooh. Okay. Oh, just like in terms of um like sheer charisma. Yeah, sheer charisma. Yeah. Being the like I'm nothing against Snoop Dogg. Right. As Who leader. does have a classic album, you know, like Snoop Dogg is a you know yeah. not the greatest rapper of all time, but does have a great album at least. 
Yeah, but as far as I can tell, you know, future fans and some critics um, think that, uh, what is the second, D- is it DS2? Yeah, Dirty, yeah, dirty Sprite. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That one is, is a classic, I think, in terms of his discography. So maybe mm-hmm. that's his doggy style. I don't know. Yeah. I was yeah. just thinking of it as a comparison because um, seems like Snoop Dogg, especially later in his career, is extremely prolific, but mostly gets by because of just his charisma and his ability to yes. just kind of walk in and say anything and make it sound cool. That's a, honestly a really interesting comparison that I don't think I've heard before because they don't sound alike per se, other than they sound smooth and uh, just kind of right. just cool. Uh, I think honestly, a rapper like Vince Staples, like sonically, his voice reminds me of Snoop Dogg a little bit. Uh, but Future, I think, is a good comparison precisely for what you're talking about. Is he's kind of maybe better as like a personality than as a rapper, like a, a hip hop right. personality. Uh, now, I will say Future's doggy style, uh, He we talked about it earlier. When he fucks her in the ass, he makes her pee-pee. So that's <laughs> that's what his doggy style is. Um, but uh, can't you can't say the same for Snoop Dogg. He hasn't clarified that yet. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. And, uh, I mean... He's truly an innovator. That's the kind of thing about Future. I mean, we've compared him to uh, Snoop Dogg and Seinfeld on this, uh, <laughs> on this pod already. Um, yeah. So, and... Uh, one and the same. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I really like that idea because there isn't really that modern. I, I don't know who else it would be besides Future. Yeah, kind of like a modern equivalent of Snoop Dogg. Well, I think in Snoop Dogg really uh, changed the landscape in a lot of ways for what the like what it meant to be cool in hip hop. Mm-hmm. And I think Future definitely has done that and is doing that right now. So I don't know. I. I, it came into my head, and I thought that it might be a might be a good one. I I really love that, and um, I, I I props for a take I haven't heard before, but it made like total sense to me. Like once I thought about it for a second, I was like, you know what? It's a fair point. Nice, good job by you. Um, I'll hold on to that. Hell yeah! Uh, I uh, four out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> It's fine. I mean, it's it's fine. Yeah. But ultimately, I'm probably not coming back to this much, so I kind of have to put it on like the dislike end of the spectrum, but just barely. You know, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm four out of ten as well. It doesn't even really need an explanation. <laughs> <laughs> it's about as four of a ten in an album as I've heard in, in a while. Um, yeah. Where would you like to go next? Um. Let's. Uh, we got two hip hop albums on here so let's change it up a little bit okay yep and talk about the best band ever wow okay (laughs) you're coming with the takes i love it (laughs) i mean they are a good band uh so i wish i i wish i could say that yeah um yeah this is going to be interesting because i think I think I may know where you're leaning on this one, but mm-hmm. I can totally see you going the other way too. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so, so we'll see. Uh, this is Arcade Fire uh, with the album "We," um, all caps yet again. Just, <laughs> and I guess all caps would be just two cap. Like you're only capitalizing the e. That that's right. The, yeah, yeah, you would normally capitalize it's- the w anyway. All caps just means changing one letter to a cap now it's all it's caps. not that exciting of an old cap <laughs> it's really uh, album title <laughs> oh gosh um uh arcade fire 
is a Canadian indie rock band fronted by husband and wife Wynn Butler and Regine Chasania. Uh, they have at least a couple of indie rock classics under their belt, most notably my favorite, 2004's Funeral, and I believe your favorite, 2010's The Suburbs. Yep. This album, We, is the band's first album since Everything Now in 2017. We covered that album on this very podcast. I wouldn't say it went well for the band when we covered that record. But I think they may have improved on We. Do you agree with that? Kind of. Yeah, okay, yeah. They improved by putting out the Lightning 1 and 2. <laughs> That's exactly right, dude. <laughs> I, and this is, okay, because there are, uh, I think there are good aspects of this record, but I this is where I thought you were leaning. More or less the same boat that I'm in, which is, um, for me, just my overall, like the first half of the record, kind of snoozy, if I'm being honest. And then the lightning one and two happens, and I'm just in love. I love that song. Yeah. Unconditional hit or miss. Uh, I hate that song. <laughs> I, I, you know, the first one especially. Uh, it, we'll yeah. get to it. We'll get to it. But overall, I guess how do you, how do you feel? Yeah, I. It's just very disappointing. Yeah. The like overall, the lightning is great, but also it doesn't really work in in hmm. the rest of the album it stands out right. it, it totally stands out both of them uh, stand out as the singles you know true and uh they they have no level of cohesion really <laughs> besides you know i guess the fact that they're anthemic arcade fire songs <laughs> right because we're we're back into the same pseudo-intellectual bullshit. Here we go, yes. yes. That. <laughs> we live in a society, baby. Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that uh, they were doing on everything now. But honestly, I've got to say, I think it's even worse now. Because mm. it feels like they're trying to give advice to all these listeners on uh, you know, how to live and how to be happy again. And mm. uh, how to like reject, you know... <laughs> I unsubscribe, <laughs> you know, like how to like get out of the loop. And it's just the most like lame, unhelpful, old head type of mentality yeah. that doesn't really say anything, but thinks it's saying everything. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much the, pretty much the entire album besides and the the saving grace of the lightning is that they just go right back to their roots of that super Springsteen esque. Yes, very, um, very, arguably the most Springsteen they've sounded this side of Antichrist Television Blues. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, this yeah. is the pretty much totally leaning into it, mm -hmm. and it's great. They do a really good job with it. They do, um, but I can't get the sourness out of my mouth with the rest of this. It's just. End of the Empire, Age of Anxiety. Yeah. I'm just like it, I, and cringing. I, it, and I know they're like they're very leftist, or at least Win Butler is. But it the lyrics read as kind of blue check marky. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it feel there's some like brunch vibes to the uh, the lyrics here. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I saw on Metacritic, I believe. You know that. They kind of do a summary of the album, just very brief, and then they list all the reviews. And I think in their little summary, they mentioned that this was a return to form. 
And I'm not sure if they, there's two ways that could mean, and I think it doesn't fit either way. One way being, I don't think it's a return to form in terms of quality, because I don't think it's as good as previous Arcade Fire efforts. Obviously, this is not the next funeral, or Neon Bible, or the suburbs. I also don't necessarily think it's a return to form, like, with the exception of the Lightning, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's really getting back to their stylistic roots, either. I think it's like a hybrid of some of that older yeah. stuff, but mostly this new kind of synthier sound they've been trying. And I think this is the biggest blend of those two styles yet. Maybe I'm not remembering Reflector and everything now that well, but I think of those albums as synth first, whereas this album kind of yeah. has some synth here. There's a lot of piano and guitar, some like a lot of acoustic guitar as well. Honestly, like each of the first four songs kind of has the same instrumental structure where it starts with this slow piano ballad, yep. add some acoustic guitar, pick up some energy slightly by the end. Yeah. And, it's, um, yeah. Yeah. And so they kind of, for the first half, they kind of run their own formula into the ground, which is part of the reason why the lightning is such a breath of fresh air on this album. Yeah. That is a great, a great breakdown of it. Thank it's you. just kind of, uh, it's so predictable mm -hmm. and it's so annoyingly predictable too because that's not what you want from Arcade Fire. Even Arcade Fire's most like straightforward, like Wake Up, yes. right? Is a very straightforward festival anthem song, but it's one of the best uh, indie rock songs ever made because of the amount of passion and. Uh, just energy that you can feel in it, and when I listen to that song now, like I, I like lyrically, I think it's more interesting than anything on here. But like, mm -hmm. it's not actually that like deep of a of a song. Really looking into it, so um, like uh, uh, that, it shows me that I'm like, okay, well, they, they have this trait. Then they have the ability to just create incredible songs yeah. without having to you know always be pushing this uh super high concept or uh getting deeper into like the suburbs right getting deeper into just the angst and the anxiety of everyday life in a super heavy heady kind of way they don't have to do that they can put out tracks like wake up and be totally fine but they just choose to kind of phone it in across the board on here and go yeah. for the uh, Coldplay style. <laughs> Dude, and, yeah, that's a good comparison. <laughs> yeah, and it, it just does it. This is the thing, too. I actually had this because uh, I I saw, kept seeing um, Coldplay comparisons um, with this album, because especially for the first couple of tracks. Win Butler, like, completely turns on a, a Chris Martin uh, impression <laughs> on those. I think if Coldplay writes this album, I'm listening to the Coldplay version oh, of it. Love this. You're coming with the takes today, dude. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I, I, it, okay. I'll have a, a, a follow up take to this. Yes. Yes. Oh, dude, you got your coffee right before the podcast, like you said. <laughs> I love this. This is fantastic <laughs> content right now. Is this, I'm, I'm diluting it slightly with this. Uh, right here okay if it's not for the lightning one and two mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. All right, we're taking those out of the equation. Yes. I would rather listen to the new Coldplay album <laughs> than listen to this album. This is Jack Harlow where, like, again, I'm going to take your word for it because there's no way I'm going <laughs> to listen to that Coldplay album. There's just no I'm way. This, I'm, like, throwing these takes out, and you're just <laughs> having to be like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I And I actually don't know the reception of this album. Okay, I'll say, I'll say this then. Yeah. You've heard the, that uh, <laughs> okay. other one, right? The... <laughs> adventure what is it called adventure of a lifetime i think oh yeah the 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 scrapped pod yeah yeah exactly the scrapped pod (laughs) yeah i'd rather listen to that album oh my god in this album if we're taking out the lightning yeah oh oh, okay yeah that's fair that's fair if we're taking out the lightning which is a a semi-take it's it's not it's not totally accurate but okay the reason i'm saying this is because uh I keep seeing all these Coldplay comparisons and, and stuff, and I think they're accurate. But one thing that Coldplay manages to at least do is lean into mm-hmm. their cheesiness and lean into their level of, like, we're just here to make, like, super happy, poppy, bubblegum music. Yep. Um, no and shame. in that way, it's fun and entertaining, and you get something out of it. This one is so self-serious yeah. and thinks that it's saying something that's so profound and so meaningful, but also has this uh, singability to it that makes you just feel good, that it just totally runs itself over. And I'm completely unsatisfied uh, from pretty much every every single moment on here. Like, yeah. There's production moments on here that are great, but this part for the course for Arcade Fire, I'm not like, um, you know, too surprised by that. I'm more disappointed in the fact that there's not even that many amazing production moments on here. A lot of it's yeah. pretty straightforward and kind of boring. I was that's one of my notes is how memorable are these instrumentals actually? You know what I mean? Like I can. You could play me an instrumental, and I would have a tough time telling you if it's from Age of Anxiety or End of the Empire. Uh, yeah. But I mean, going back to taking out the lightning um, and your overall point on uh, just kind of like how this album thinks it's trying to say something important. And I guess like the content is important, right? Like I agree with pretty much everything they're saying. It's just they're just really uh, like sanctimonious and, uh, uh, you know, kind of high and mighty about it. Yeah, very self-righteous. But And like my favorite song, Once You Take Out the Lightning, is so guilty of this. And it's uh, and I'm gonna do it. It's uh, it's unconditional to race and religion. Yes, a song literally about like the lyrics are. I don't have them written down, but it's basically like, "I'll be your race and religion. We are united, body and soul." Like the most nothing lyrics ever, but it's yeah. saved by Peter Gabriel <laughs> in in a moment that is rarely both unironically and ironically great and he's just like racing religion like i don't even know what else he does on this song but that alone thank you i've been sending pat audio messages of me singing that line like all week i up for this moment i think it's hilarious and i also think it sounds good i actually think it's a good addition to this song and the other thing i like about the song i think this is um catchy and like i think this is their best synth work on the album like when they lean in that direction i think it works all right but it still has the weaknesses that pretty much every other song on here has which right. is just this 
in-your-face lyricism. Um, even if I like the instrumental, it's not because it's super memorable. And uh, yeah. it, it's yeah. just oh, it's so frustrating. It, this is a frustrating album. I do prefer it to everything now, I will say. And I do prefer it to that fucking Coldplay album from uh, like 2015 <laughs> or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I do not like this album. And I'm glad you're in the same boat because this could have been a, yeah. an argument otherwise. <laughs> no, yeah, I... <laughs> I really wanted to like this. I really yeah. did because uh, I was seeing so many good things coming out about it. And people are like, they're back. Arcade Fire's back. Mm -hmm. And literally as soon as it starts with our age of anxiety, yeah. I'm like, oh, no. It's, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's pretty rough. Yeah. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll give it credit. It, it, it does um, at times... I don't know. It, it it is really pretty at certain times. Mm -hmm. End of the Empire um, has like some really nice sweeping uh, strings on it that I find really satisfying. Uh, yeah, I think that Peter Gabriel feature is like yes, it it's just like bizarre enough <laughs> <laughs> that it bandages. And it's the fact also that he's the only feature. Is he the only feature Arcade Fire has ever done? Wow. Uh, good question. And they brought him in just to do the best lyric of the year. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I'm uh, pretty sure, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's the only one that they've ever done. I can't think of, I, I, I might be wrong, but uh, in, in any case, a very rare feature uh with arcade fire and yeah it's it's for the most just like what yeah. <laughs> but it sounds good yeah yeah i think it i think it kind of works um but yeah. like you were saying it, with the lightning it, the lightning does not fit on this album and it's because it sounds nothing like race yeah. and religion yeah. or like anything that came before it uh so it's kind of like a hodgepodge of just random an unconditional one uh, Lookout Kid also doesn't fit on here. It sticks out like a sore thumb. And it's because it's this, like, oh my god. It's like this mall pop with yeah. this do-do-do-do-do-ass chorus to it. Uh, yeah. It's the kind of, like, song I might hear, I don't know, like a commercial, like a travel commercial to, like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like... It's a song that's like a dedicated Uber to. Eats. It's like an Uber <laughs> Eats commercial. <laughs> it's like a. It, yeah, right. Exactly. It's like, a, and, and it's a song dedicated to their son, which is fine, I guess. But it this song certainly has a we dedicated this song to our son feel to it, and that's yeah. kind of the problem. It's pretty boilerplate indie. I think when I read some review, they mentioned that this song sounds like their contemporaries that have tried to mock their style over the years. I totally agree with that. Uh, yeah, not a good song. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, it's got some like Lumineers esque energy yes. to it. Yes, exactly. just some real forgettable, just some radio indie, just type some of bullshit. Stuff. I, I wanted to ask you uh, because you're a big fan of space. You know, you're always uh, mm -hmm. keeping up to date. <laughs> so when you saw a song called, uh, it, well, the parentheses title is Sagittarius A, right? Um, only for the lyrics to be like mostly. We live in a society. Unsubscribe. Fuck season five. Uh, how'd you Absolutely. How'd you feel about that? <laughs> Absolutely bizarre time. 
uh, bizarre timeline because of also the fact that uh, now, like, astronomers have a, a photo of Sagittarius A. Yes, yes. And they, and they, and they like, uh, they released it to the public, like, I don't know, like a week after this album came out. <laughs> So I was like, I, I was like, let's not, let's not get confused here. <laughs> like, <laughs> Arcade Fire fans, please don't think that they invented this. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, very bizarre timeline that we live. In. <laughs> just super, just super weird. Yeah, um, no, this song, this song sucks. This is this the, is the worst song I think. That, this is the worst song because yeah. it's just unbelievable. Like, it's so over-the-top cringy that i'm like how did they how did they do this they is there some satire in this because it's (laughs) like it's so bad it's so like just over-the-top cringe (laughs) yeah this is like this is like when people were trying to figure out if father john misty was being serious or not you know what i mean i think i think arcade fire is serious um but yeah it's one of those like jokes on you i was only pretending to be dumb you know what i mean uh so i can't tell if they're actually cringe or like the cringe is mostly like how serious are they taking themselves is this supposed to be looking in the mirror and like satirizing their own persona am i just not getting it um but my takeaway is what you said they're being super self-serious about topics that everyone knows about already delivering it with lyrics that aren't creative um yeah yep yeah exactly yeah and and so the the lyrics are so like back of the notebook uh you know 13 year old high school kid that is uh really figuring out what society's all about type of stuff it's, <laughs> like it's incredible stuff yeah the the final verse when you know um when and regime come in together <laughs> with the <laughs> we unsubscribe <laughs> fuck season five <laughs> unsubscribe it's just yeah. incredible stuff it's yeah it must be the wrong body type and <laughs> yeah just like I, I, I think it's it's just like it's right there. Like, yep. it's right there. How did you write this in a serious way? Like, you could have taken a half a minute more to think about. Like, wait a second, this is kind of lame. Like, yeah. Well, so. and, and while we're talking about kind of like Win and Regine, uh, I didn't think their, I think their vocals were better on past albums as well um there aren't a ton of moments where i'm like wow that was my favorite vocal moment from someone besides peter gabriel on this record (laughs) is the very end of the lightning one where regine comes in with the when the lightning i like that that was really cool i thought i thought that was a great transition into part two but other than that i'm not really thinking of any moments where i was like oh win butler really crushed that vocal line you know um yeah, no, I I agree with you. He kind of phones it in for the most part. Yeah, um, it's super weird. The, let's, uh, do we have a little bit more time? For sure, yeah. Um, You're going to compare like, him to Snoop Dogg? <laughs> yeah, all right, so. <laughs> it, it, he's like Snoop Dogg in that they're not cool at all. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> it kind of reminds you of Snoop Dogg and how cool he is. Uh. <laughs> he's on the other end of this. <laughs> Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, oh, pretty neat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even remember what I was oh, Sorry, dude. My bad. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, 
let's like I I, I want to just like touch on this because we keep talking about the lightning, but we don't actually end up talking yes. about it. Um, how do you think this ranks mm. in terms of Arcade Fire, like like the the great tracks? Do you think yeah. that this that like, holds a a place in those in that status? Because Arcade Fire has some all time yeah. uh, tracks. Yeah, I think. Um... In the moment of listening to this record, I probably would have said, yes, this is an all-time Arcade Fire song. After mm-hmm. listening to this a lot, I think it's closer to... It is so comparatively better than everything else that surrounds it that I think it might be over-inflating <laughs> how great the song is. I like My favorite Arcade Fire songs are this type of Arcade Fire song, where there's a ton of energy... Right. Uh, very Springsteen, obviously like Wake Up, Neighborhood One. I mentioned Antichrist Television Blues. I don't know if that's like a hipster mm-hmm. pick. I love that song. Um, I love that that you have that pick. I, it's it's so it's such a great song. Uh, Sprawl yeah. Two. Uh, you know I love oh, those yeah. songs. Um, this I you know the this is a very good song. It, you know I don't want to like undersell how good this song is because this album isn't good. Um, but I don't want to oversell it either because it's, again, comparative to... Literally, the song that precedes it is the I Unsubscribe, and the yeah, song that yeah. comes after it is the Lumineers joint. So it yeah. seems great. I don't know. Maybe, like, top ten, not top five. Even then, I would have to, like... I will say this. Yeah. It's it's one of their best songs, maybe their best song since reflector like i think this is better than anything on everything now as well yeah yeah that's that's a that's a good point yeah reflector um i don't remember that album too much to be honest with you i should probably i really like afterlife yeah on that i like here comes Um, the nighttime a lot that's a good one yeah here comes the nighttime is good but yeah i don't know what what did you think on the lightning yeah you asked this question i was I was going to say, I, I kind of agree with you on that. Like, um, when I, you know, listen back to songs like My Body is a Cage. Oh, that's a great or one. Or Sprawl 2 or Keep the Car Running. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, uh, like, Neighborhoods, like, the Neighborhood 1 or 2. Um, yep. Rebellion. There's so many fucking good arcade fire songs. <laughs> Crown of Love. I mean, yes. like... Funeral's They're, awesome, dude. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they have just ready to start. I, I could, I could keep going. Yeah, um, they have so many heavy hitters on each album that it's that it's kind of a thing where I'm like, yeah, this, this, I don't think it would stand out uh, as heavy with you know in comparison with any of those things. I mean, like, keep the car running is one of those songs that I remember the first time that I heard it. Mm-hmm. and it being like a oh my god like that kind of moment right right the lightning is is something where i'm like oh thank goodness they put out something that wasn't you know yes i unsubscribe i unsubscribe <laughs> yes. type shit. i'm like thank goodness i got something like this but yeah there's no there's no level of like i'm getting chills on this and you know arcade fire has so many songs that like when i listen to i get chills still you know yeah after hearing them you know a thousand times i still get like that feeling of like you know that's but, a- uh yeah i think the the lightning as i've listened to it a, a few more times before this podcast i was like 
even then starting to get a little bit like this is good but you know yeah i think you're right i think if i sat down and made a list it might be closer to like 15 or something but this is the one song where i could see why someone would say it's a return to form um sure yeah and uh, but if the lightning was like track six on neon bible would we be talking about it as like this great song i don't, yeah yeah i don't really know maybe exactly would, yeah but. yeah like i like looking at like uh suburbs right mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh one of my favorite tracks sprawl two yeah is is on there but you've also got half light two yeah you've got city with no children you've got ready to start you've got the title track like <laughs> yeah they, right there's some there's some great great songs <laughs> yeah. in their discog i think because they haven't made a universally great album in over 10 years it may be easy to forget like arcade fire was a massive deal um back in the day back when we started getting into uh into music yeah well they they really are one of the most i think important bands um to me mm-hmm. for for just getting into music like uh you know like i said like when i first heard uh, keep the car running i was like that was that was one of those moments for me where i was like realizing oh my god i'm i i didn't even realize there was this type of uh stuff out there right right and uh arcade fire kind of is one of those bands that really broke open the the door for for me and i think for quite a bit of people too yeah myself included i never really heard anything like funeral even if when it was compared to like springsteen i'm like this I don't know. Mm-hmm. There was like a different level to it, uh, in my opinion. Still one of my favorite albums. Funeral is awesome. Um, yeah. and, but now here we are. We are. We. We. Yeah. Oh. Fa- fast forward to now, and they put out an album that I'd give a... I get it now. <laughs> yeah. We. Us. Together. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little lower than that. I'm going to say it's a four yet again. I'm yeah. I'm four. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give this a three. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, mostly because I'm giving it a spiteful score lower because I'm mad about it. That's totally fair, you know. (laughs) Um, It's just so disappointing. Yeah, it's a. I think because I gave everything now a three, uh, I and I do think this is. It's no debate to me that it's better than everything now. Mm -hmm. I had to put it a tier higher, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I can barely remember anything from uh, everything now, so it's at not least great. It has the lightning. I remember Creature Comfort and um, oh. <laughs> and the title track. Uh, Creature yeah. Comfort, I, I liked. I remember liking Creature Comfort at the time. Yeah, yeah. And now I look back and I'm like, that's probably just because, kind of like the lightning, is just the best of a bad bunch. Yeah, that's uh, true. <laughs> uh, moving on to our final album. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll get a positive review in here. Uh, we'll see. Pusha T. Pusha T has that lyric, I unsubscribe also. <laughs> like <laughs> It was really weird. <laughs> He's got that doo-doo-doo chorus on here. <laughs> that, <laughs> that Peter Gabriel feature was fucking wild. <laughs> uh, uh, it's Almost Dry is the name, the name of the album. Uh, Pusha T is a veteran rapper from Virginia. Uh, he and his brother Malice, who appears on this album... Uh, saw success as a duo under the name Clips uh, back in the aughts. Uh, 2006's Hell Hath No Fury is legitimately one of the greatest hip-hop records of that decade, so shout-out to Clips. Uh, Pusha T has since gone solo, obviously, and I am going to want to talk more about his solo discography in a few minutes, but for now, 
It's Almost Dry is uh, Pusha T's fourth solo studio album. Solo, stu- solo studio <laughs> album. And it's his first since 2018's Daytona, uh, which I loved. Um, Patrick, what did you think of It's Almost Dry? This is great. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I am very, very, very happy with this. It's such a satisfying hip-hop record. Oh, my gosh. Awesome. I think yeah. you like it more than I did. That's great. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, that's great. That is yeah, awesome. This, this was one that really clicked for me. Um, it could be because I was listening to it in conjunction with Arcade Fire and Future. <laughs> that's fair. And I'm like, finally, some like, <coughs> Excuse me. good stuff. Um <laughs> Yeah, I really like. I, I think the second half of it is a little bit uh, can be a little bit hit or miss. Yeah, uh, at some points, um, I, I will say that. But especially the first half of this, I'm like, I, I have very little complaints about it. I think it's nice. just so cool. Um, I think Pusha T's delivery on here is just fantastic. Uh, I, I just I love. Uh, it, it kind of like reminded me of like why Pusha T is so cool and so interesting yeah. as a hip hop artist. Yeah. So that, that's, I, wow. I'm actually surprised. Uh, I don't know why I am, but maybe it's just cause I've only heard my opinion on this. Uh, <laughs> I like this album. I don't know if I love it, uh, but I do like it. And as I was kind of listening to this album, I guess this isn't a very analytical complaint so i I don't know how well this will like come off at like as you know how legitimate this criticism is i you know i do agree with you where like the second half is choppier than the the first half which is mostly Mm -hmm. mostly pretty good i couldn't help but like as i'm listening i couldn't help but feel that he's just i don't know if it's like going through the motions or kind of retreading the same ground or just this general feeling i had that like this is kind of mid, you know what I mean? Oh, uh, on it, the second half of it, or yeah, in a little bit throughout too. Like oh, I, I'll, okay. I'll use a song like uh, I'll use the first half song, something like "Just So You Remember" as an example, mm-hmm. which in theory has all the elements. It has Pusha T rapping with like confidence and kind of a mean uh, voice. Uh, it has like this coke rap production that's like understated but still menacing it has these lines that i love from Pusha t where he's like this sort of if you know you know type lyricism where he says like the hole in the attic was not for the ceiling fan you know yeah yeah but i couldn't help but shake that like it it, there was something missing i guess is what i'm trying to say and i I don't know what that something is so this kind of comes off as like hating or what I, I i've struggled with how i felt about this album because i i mm. know i don't love this album and i'm trying to figure out why and i think maybe it's because i've just heard him do this better in the past um and i don't know if yeah. that's even fair to him so i i don't know i'm kind of ranting but it's kind of where i'm at that's, that's yeah that's fair enough i mean i'll say like i haven't uh listened to Pusha t's like solo stuff back to like like front to back mm-hmm nearly as much as you have i don't think um so for me this was kind of a clicking moment Mm, okay where like like i i've i've uh listened to enough of um my name is my name and i i I kind of listened to darkest before dawn Mm -hmm. uh but like 
you know, mostly like the, the, the standouts from those are like, I just listen to kind of the same tracks if I want to listen to exactly uh, something from them. So for me, this is kind of a, uh, yeah, probably my first time actually listening through in a serious way to a Pusha T album. And it kind of clicked for me. Okay. That's the why, um, why he is the way he is, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I thought that I thought that it was just very satisfying to me. Look, I don't think it it doesn't push anything. <laughs> nice pun. Uh, there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't push push a, the boundaries <laughs> of anything, um, but I don't think that's his intention at all. And I actually like uh, heard like a really cool um, comparison of like his style of hip hop to like a still life artist hmm. okay um like how they do where they they paint the same thing over and over again but the the act of doing it is just to perfect this one simple um thing this one simple idea that might seem kind of surface level at first but then when you really take the time to like hmm. sit down and look at it there's something that's like kind of mind-blowing about it I was like, wow, that's actually a really cool comparison. Yeah. I don't know if it's, you know, this isn't like a masterpiece by any means at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is something about it that has such, I, I don't think anybody could do this uh, on the same level. And I think that's because he's been doing it for so long and he really is crafting this identity each time he goes back into a new album. Um yeah, that's like yeah. kind of what I was getting out of this. I like no, I really like that, and I do kind of like, uh, and I guess uh, I don't want my complaint to be confused as the following, which is, I've seen criticism that like he personally has not moved beyond coke rap, quote unquote. Like he hasn't matured as an artist beyond coke rap. I think yeah. coke rap, he's still good at that, and I think it's probably the best thing he does. Like, I think it's okay yeah. that he sticks to that. He doesn't have to, you know, yeah, quote-unquote, evolve. Like, that doesn't... Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I think... I guess it's more... Um, I think maybe if he approached coke rap, like, with a different... Because they're... I don't know. It, it's kind of hard to distinguish this from, like, Daytona sometimes for me, too, is the other thing. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, which, I, again, I love. I think Daytona's the best uh, Pusha T solo yeah. record, but... Yeah, I, I think I would I would agree with you on that too. Um, actually, I guess that one's probably the first one that I really went through critically, and uh, but um, I, yeah, anyway, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I I I I enjoyed his I enjoyed his commitment to the you know just the commitment to the street and coke rap like yeah, just because it's it is it is very predictable, obviously. But um, I don't know. He just has such a satisfying like way of delivering things, um, and sometimes it doesn't hit. But like when it does, it's kind of this feeling of like he's the best. Uh, what he says, he's like the Martin Scorsese of uh, coke rap, right? Oh yeah. Well, he does say that. He also says he's cocaine's Dr. Seuss. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's another right. comparison. Which I thought was such a cool. Oh yeah. A cool line. He he always has lines like that too. Kind of like what I was saying about the ceiling fan. He has lines like that, and he always has lines. Oh yeah, where he's like, uh, 
like on Darkest Before the Dawn, he has the line where he says, um, I'm the L. Ron Hubbard of the cupboard. You know what I mean? Like, I love stuff yeah. like that. Cocaine's <laughs> Dr. Seuss. Uh, yeah. He kind of gives himself uh, the all book of these. The Book of Blow al- on the Genesis. Yes. Yeah. All these, like, aliases of. Uh, and honestly, he is, like, he's in the short list of best coke rapper of all time. I mean, it's like Raekwon, Pusha T. Uh, Griselda is probably already in there uh, right I, now. Good point, yeah. Um, and speaking of Griselda, I, you know, that's kind of something I never want to like punish an album because it's not as good as this other album, but I also kind of felt like anytime I want to listen to this Pusha T album, I think I would rather go to the new Benny the Butcher album instead. Oh, um, that's, oh, okay. Yeah, so that's, I mean, and it's not that big of a gap. Like, I do like this album. I, I, I swear I'll get to the aspects that I like about it. Yeah. Um, and we'll get to, like, specific song stuff as well, because we haven't talked a lot about that. But I guess while I'm on this, uh, this sort of push a T big picture, uh, I've always kind of advocated for him as being underrated in terms of uh, kind of greatest of all time rapper uh, lists. You know, if someone puts out a top 50, mm-hmm. I, I'll often say something like, oh, you know, Pusha T should be either on the list or like, oh, you have Pusha T too low because, mm-hmm. you know, X, he has a unique style. He has a great flow, a great voice, uh, great lyrics for what he does. Uh, an iconic diss track is now under his belt. Yeah. I think the thing he's missing is a classic solo record. Uh, Hell Hath No Fury is a classic record, but it's Eclipse record. And so when I mentioned in this intro, I kind of wanted to talk about his solo discog. I think there's, I think his discography might be, I don't know if it's overrated or underrated, but I think people like you mentioned, they kind of remember the great songs from his previous works, like My Name Is My Name, the numbers on the boards is fucking amazing. Uh, Nostalgia is also good. That album also has Sweet Serenade with Chris Brown, and it has No Regrets, which is just a terrible fucking song. So it's Pusha T is consistently talented as a rapper, but his albums aren't always consistently good front to back, and I think that's an issue here as well, and I think that's kind of what has held him back on pretty much every solo record, with the exception of Daytona, which I think is pretty good front to back, even if I don't think it's going to reach classic status. So that's kind of a rant. Um I think he's a better rapper than an album creator, I guess, is the way to kind of summarize that. Mm, yeah, that is a really good point. Yeah, because, yeah, like the, the second half of this, like the tracks that I'm not as crazy about. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they have that issue of, of consistency and cohesion where you're kind of like, what, what is this even doing on here? And right. They're not ever, or they're not like bad. Yeah. Uh, like Scrape It Off is an example. Yeah, that's um, which is my least favorite song here. I'm not sure why this is here or why I I kind of thought it was a mess personally. Shout out to Ken from Dead End Hip Hop who said scrape it off the album, and I think I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that song, I think there there isn't really anything bad here besides that, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I I I don't have too much of an issue with um, pretty much any track, but yeah, there, I I would agree with you. It's not um, it it doesn't propel him into that legendary status by any means mm-hmm. and a, a great push a t album in comparison to like a great um kendrick album i guess or 
well let, let's let's not talk about Kendrick yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's uh, a, a great like a, a great Kanye album. Sure, since he's on here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it just doesn't have the same gravitas and the same level of like, you know, yeah. importance. It's like um, an element missing. I and I'm still struggling to kind of like figure out what that element is. But yeah, but I, I I'll say like for the first half of this at least, yes. I think that for what he's going for, um, which is just this very odd approach to yeah to to coke rap and street rap, it really um, it, yeah it, it really like kind of nails it pretty much. Absolutely. All the way to track seven, I would say. Yeah, uh, Diet Coke, I think, is a really solid single. Yeah, I kind of wish that there was a little something more to it. Exactly. Yeah, and that's kind of my general. I think it, how you feel about Diet Coke, I also feel about Diet Coke, and I feel that way on plenty of other songs. I uh, see. Okay. Not to yeah. interrupt, but yeah, sorry. Yeah, but like, let the smokers shine the coops. Yeah, that song's or, great. Uh, or uh, Dreaming of the Past, or uh, Brambleton. The, the first three tracks, right? Mm-hmm. I just <laughs> yeah. the first three tracks. Those songs um, just kick ass. They're they just I, I I'm such a fan of them. Kanye's verse uh, on it is very Kanye, and I think mm-hmm. it works for this for this one. But yeah, it's not like incredible. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I kind of thought I, I didn't have any big takeaways uh, as far as. Uh, I, I didn't like the con- the other Kanye verse on rock and roll as much uh, because rock and I, roll is is a tough one. Yeah, th- that's not a not a great song in my opinion. Um, but also just kind of um, when he has like a religious verse on a song that is otherwise not about religion, it's just kind of an odd fit. Yeah. But yeah. on, on Dreaming of the Past, I actually kind of liked what he was doing. Uh, if mm-hmm. anything, he should have been on there more. Like it, he was, it was a very short verse. I thought he was kind of underutilized. Um, but that's a great song. Kanye's biggest contribution was producing that beat on Dreaming of the Past because that was spectacular, incredible. Yeah, great yeah. soul sample from a uh, Donny Hathaway, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, Kanye wanted this for Donda, uh, but Pusha T like begged him for it, um, which is why it's on this Pusha T album. Kind of like how you begged us to talk about Future today. Um, yeah, it's just <laughs> please, please, <laughs> and it all you know it came out totally worth it. Yeah. Oh, thank. Yeah, thank you Just for like that. This one. That's yeah. That's uh, twenty minutes of podcasting. I'll never get back, <laughs> and, and a couple hours of listening to that album. Um, I agree with you though. The first half, especially, there's some great stuff in here, and I'll just highlight "Neck and Wrist" because we haven't really mentioned "Neck and Wrist." Yeah, that song is great uh, with Jay Z, a pretty inspired Jay Z appearance, and I like how both of them have this flow that's a little squeaky. Um, I saw someone compare it to 50 Cent's Window Shopper, and I can kind of see what they're talking about. Uh, I really like, uh, again, Pusha T has one of those lyrics I like where he says, uh, I promise you the floor plan is nothing like the model. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, just kind of stashing it in the floorboards and all that. And then a Jay-Z line stood out to me. Uh, I blew bird money. You're talking Twitter feed. We have different sob stories. Save your soliloquies. Sob, like S-A-A-B, like the car. Mm. Uh here, you want a sob story? Watch "Drive My Car." That is a sob story, <laughs> both S A A B and S O B. Um, and the beat on that song is so heavy. Uh, 
shout out to Pharrell on the beat for Neck and Wrist. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just a really cool song and exactly kind of what I want when I listen to uh, a Push the T record. So, yeah, shout out. To, there's plenty of great songs on here for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think that as you're uh, as you're talking about it, and as I was talking about it, I think I realized that yeah, there there are moments that I uh, sort of forget about on here, mm-hmm. especially on the back half. But the first the first half of it, I just think is just so satisfying that uh, I think it is ultimately pretty worth it. Yeah. Um, but excuse me. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, just so you remember, as an example, like, I know that you had, like, your own issues with, with it, mm-hmm. um, but I'll say, like, I really like uh, Pusha T's delivery on here. It's yes. so gritty and menacing, and he has so many lines in here that are just, like, you know, you can't fuck with him. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I think, in the context of the diss track he put out... <laughs> <laughs> like a couple years ago and uh and, and you know and uh, his whole persona just otherwise it really lands and uh I, I think that it's it's great yeah he sounds like pissed off at times on that song it's like just yeah. so you know who you're dealing with I, yeah that, that's just pretty speaking, cool speaking through the teeth kind of like yeah oh yeah. yeah and he's he's great at that like he can sound intimidating and pull it off um yeah I'll say uh, this too. I, I, I I'm curious to hear how you feel, but mm. I actually really enjoy the Joker laugh on here. <laughs> <laughs> I think he compared himself to the Joker like twice on this album. Yeah, a couple times. He literally says like uh, Arthur Fleck, which is the name of the Joker in the <laughs> movie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and like I mean, the aside from like you know people uh doing we live in a society stuff the joker is kind of cool like in a vacuum uh mm-hmm. it's just people have kind of ruined the joker i think memed it to hell yeah exactly yeah now it's like the joker is more cringe just because like society is society has made it cringe yes um we're taking the we're, we've turned the corner <laughs> we, we have. Uh, but yeah i kind of like him comparing himself to the joker a couple times and i think it i think it fits you know he's yeah. he's got this menacing sort of intimidating lurking in the shadows type of uh feel to him um yeah, yeah i I, 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 like I enjoy the laugh that he puts in in here too mm-hmm. um, as a little production element because it just adds this bizarreness to uh to, to the album that i think Pusha t just he's he's a he's a very rare personality that can just do that he can just throw in this very strange like yeah bizarre thing like cocaine's dr seuss right mm-hmm. um it's true because i i feel like he has this unpredictability to him that he is a very creative guy uh even though he raps about the same stuff all the time so it makes you feel a little bit on edge whenever he's, uh, whenever he's delivering anything because he's sort of liable to kind of go wherever he wants to, even though he chooses to stay in one specific lane. Yeah, no, and even if he does stay in the one specific lane, he, he finds new ways to say kind of the same thing on every album. You know, he kind of freshens yeah. up. And his references are all over the board. Like you mentioned, the Joker. He also has like a Super Mario bar. Uh, he has oh, like a, right. a yeah. Vince Carter lyric. Uh, you know, he's kind of all over the board uh, with uh, some of his references and how he chooses to phrase things. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it's it's uh, it, this is Pusha T. Like this is a Pusha T album. There's no debate on that. Um, 
it's just, uh, you know, he switches it up a little bit. I wish he would switch it up maybe a little more in the future. We'll see. Um, but it's mostly good stuff. You know, I'm kind of scrolling through the songs, and there's more kind of songs I don't really care for now that I'm looking at it, like I Pray For You or I, did, I Didn't Care For Rock and Roll That Much. Um, yeah. The Kid Cudi's hums were hilarious to me, as they always are. <laughs> it just didn't, didn't really fit that well. Yeah, you know, it was kind of... Well, and it's the last song he and Kanye are doing together, apparently. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're not much of a, a tabloid podcast, but it is worth noting that, at least. Um, other lyrical highlights? Uh, Pusha T referred to Kanye West as Yezos on Diet Coke. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, interesting. Yeah, um, but there's kind some, of a, a clever, yeah. a clever use of the yeah it, of it, the name. But uh, yeah. if I didn't think Kanye wanted to be Jeff Bezos, I, I would like <laughs> exactly. the lyric a little yeah. more. Yeah, but uh, but there's some good lyrics on this album. Uh, You're hollering top five. I only see top me. Award shows the only ways you could rob me. Yeah, uh, you ain't drip. You're drying. <laughs> I like that. I think I'm yeah. gonna start saying that. Um, yeah, I mean, th- there's there's good stuff here, and uh, I, I'm just short of loving it, but, I mean, Pusha T fans should enjoy this. I am a Pusha T fan. I have it in the same tier as, like, My Name is My Name or Darkest Before the Dawn, just a little shy of Daytona, uh, so I'm going, like, a 7 out of 10 on this one. Okay, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I Yeah, like I said, I found this very, very satisfying for the most part. Um, yeah, there are a couple tracks that I not as big on. I think rock and roll is a frustrating one because it it feels like it should be really good, mm-hmm. um, but it ends up just kind of falling flat a little bit. Um, yeah, pray for you is is like eh. scrape it off is also a bit of a yeah that of a of a dud i, I think that's I, yeah i think i that's a straight up dud for me uh that's yeah, like the i'm not equivalent quite sure of, what yeah. the what the thought was on that one. <laughs> i didn't even like push a t on that song honestly i just kind of thought it was i don't know it had the pharrell four count which i always love but uh outside of that it was yeah um yeah but i'll i'll say the tracks that I do like, and for the most part throughout the album, I'm I'm left feeling very satisfied, and mm-hmm. um, I it really kind of uh, reminded me of like why Pusha T is held in such high regard. So um, yeah, in that respect, like most of this album, I love, and I will probably return to it a lot during the year, even if I have just a couple of skips here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm comfortable with a solid eight. Nice. God, yes. One review in the love category uh, yes. yeah. to end the pod today. That's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, just a recap. Future, uh, four out of ten from us. Arcade Fire, three and a half out of ten. And mm-hmm. then uh, Push a T, seven and a half out of ten. Push a T, the clear winner here. Um, future pods. Like I mentioned, uh, we're doing Kendrick Lamar next. He's getting his own solo podcast. There's so much to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to give ourselves time to really process everything and deliver it in a way that, you know, makes the most sense to us. Uh, we're, we're already not much of like a instant reaction type of podcast. Uh, that's yeah. not really our lane that there's a use for that, but especially with this album, I mean, I need more time to digest this Kendrick album than I did with the future album, I guess is what I'll say. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. 
after the Kendrick pod, we have a, a surprise that we think is really funny. <laughs> and uh, the episode after that is going to be our quarter two recommendations. Uh, so look forward to all of that. Uh, Patrick, thank you for joining me once again. Always. And uh, until next time, have a good day. Peace.